children who are in Sunday school and that age can be dismissed for children's church. And the teachers, you should go along with them. It's always a good thing. All right. All right. I had the, I have the privilege of, uh, see you later, son. Do a good job there. I have the privilege of Sunday school teaching. I did it the last couple weeks. And so I had the, uh, I'm number three in a series here. So I went online and I, uh, went to our podcast section. I encourage you, if anybody misses a Sunday, go to the podcast section and you get to catch up. And uh, that's what I did. And I caught up. And I want to just, I really want to connect what I have to say. By the way, did anybody else get a, a special note from Isabel? Yes. That was awesome. <laughs> during, during worship time this morning, she was passing out. So, at least mine's a... Depends of how you look at it. It's either a, a smiley face or a sad face. Uh, I think mine was a happy face, but uh, amen. We're into the most wonderful time of the year, December. And Pastor David got together with Pastor Nelson, Pastor Sean, and myself and said, I want to talk this month about birth. And as we all know, we celebrate this time of the year as the birth of our Savior. But it wasn't just the birth of a little baby. There was a birth of hope. And oh, I just love God's word. There are so many different things I wanted to read this week. And, and, and uh, you know what? I, I think I might get to a little bit of it this a little later, but... The angels, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill towards man. Amen. Just thought of that this week, and I listened to two sermons, Pastor David and Pastor Nelson, and I just wanted to lead into my, my message this morning. Two weeks ago, Pastor David said, at conception, that embryo has everything in it. Before you were born, before the foundation of the world, God saw you, knew your gifts, knew your talents, knew your calling. And that embryo had everything it needed to fulfill the calling, the giftings, the talents, everything. Everything was there. Every detail of your life was known, is known by God. Every choice you make. When you were born, it was 
Pastor Nelson actually touched on it last week as well, and from Jeremiah. Some, I, as I was thinking this week, I remember the, we, we did the course Experiencing God. And I, I just remember a, a phrase that I, I got. It was, it was a question I would ask people. How many of you want to know God's will for your life? And then I would start subtracting words. And what was left is, know God. How, you know, the greatest thing you can do is tap into God because he knows everything about your life. Um, a lot of people go on expeditions and long hikes and journeys through all kinds of adventurous things to try to find themselves. The best thing you can do is search God. Know God. Because it says that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And he's the one that knows every single detail. So the, 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 the most efficient thing to do is get to know God. Get to know God. Because he's, he had your book written before he created anything. Yeah, last week, Pastor Nelson was sharing how the birth of destiny, the birth of destiny. God knows your destiny. Who has the answers for your destiny? The Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, the Holy Spirit reveals things to you. So again, <laughs> tap into the Holy Spirit. Tap into your heavenly Father, our Savior who was born. Tap into that relationship. Tap into that relationship. Because the one, not only who knows everything, every detail, but he also wants the best for you who cheers you on and is just in your corner every step of the way. He wants to give you the answers for the questions, solutions for the problems. That's our God. That's what he wants to do. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Pastor David. Anybody else kind of share Pastor David's opinion? Oh. <laughs> uh. The one, I just want to read a few, just the, uh, as, I, as I was just thinking about it this week. The, the key to knowing ourselves is held by God. So get to know the key holder. Get to know, if you need to, something unlocked in your life, get to know the key holder. Just a couple other random thoughts. I just want to just remind ourselves. You know, different seeds have different maturing times. I, I forget who I heard it from, but I think it was the bamboo plant takes several years for that seed. It's in the ground, and you just kind of think, okay, it's gone. It's lost. Nothing's happening. 
And for several years, nothing will happen. And all of a sudden, in one year, you'll get like five feet, like just massive growth. Massive. So different seeds mature at different times, different uh, things. But think of the tiniest seed, they say the mustard seed. And then the huge tree that it becomes, it's all in there. It's all in there. And you might sit there and wonder, when am I ever going to give birth to this destiny, this dream, this passion? Well, first of all, God knows. So get connected to, the, <laughs> to, to God. <laughs> and he'll either give you comfort and peace to help you through the waiting period or by, by uh, um, seeking him out, he'll reward you for that seeking. One or the other. <laughs> The other thing that's really interesting to me as I read, uh, and, and you know, I've spent a lot of time in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 2, and 3. They're just amazing chapters. But there's something in there that Paul calls a mystery. God calls. And God doesn't put mysteries in your life to frustrate you. <laughs> Sometimes we just get frustrated. Urgh. But... God puts mysteries in there because in Daniel it says he reveals the deep and the secret things. The, the mystery is there to, to, to nudge you into seeking. The mysteries that he, he loves to reveal things to us. He loves to show us things. But if we're just meandering and casual about, he's not going to show us anything. And so mysteries and those things, they're hidden, but they're there for you to find. <laughs> so I, I want to encourage you, press in. Press in. Hunt. Oh, one one hunter here. Is anybody else? Jared. Hunt. You love going on adventures and out there in the woods and learn to hunt. Seek. Spend some time. Today. Today I get the I got the subject of the birth of intimacy. The birth of intimacy. And as I was thinking about the last couple sermons, the last couple weeks, the key to discovering the mystery, the key to finding out about yourself, the key to knowing God is intimacy. The world likes to portray a certain image of intimacy And quite often, it comes out as an affair or a one-night stand. And that's not intimacy. If you discover intimacy, look at the definition. Look at some of the biblical examples of intimacy. It's about getting close. Getting close to somebody. The greatest example is the husband and the wife. 
the, the definition for intimacy is a very close personal relationship. The greatest picture of that is the husband and wife. But it can be David and Jonathan in the Bible. They're, they had such an amazing friendship that there was no jealousy. There was care. There was concern. There was looking out for each other. There was covering their back. This, this closeness. When you get close to somebody, you begin to understand them. You begin to learn about their desires, what they like, what they don't like, what they enjoy doing, where they like going. You learn what they're about to say. You learn when you should shut your mouth. There, there's a lot of things that happen with intimacy and closeness that are important. And before we look at a few scriptures, I just want to just as I was just sitting there thinking, actually, I was, some of these phrases I'm about to say came out of me waking up one morning, and it was really early, and I didn't really want to get up, but the Holy Spirit was says, get up and start writing some of these phrases down. And <laughs> here's what I said, wrote, intimacy isn't about doing what is convenient, because <laughs> at the moment, I wanted to lay in bed. But the Holy Spirit at that point in time said, you know how many times I've wanted to talk to you and I've actually, and have actually said things to you, but you didn't get up and write them down. And then when you did finally get up, you forgot what I said to you. And it was like earth shattering. I have, I have earth shattering messages that are forgotten. So I got up and, and, uh, Intimacy is not about doing what is convenient. Sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes it's putting everything away. <laughs> you know, the idea of having a date night and you go to a movie and then you go home and you spent two hours with somebody but didn't even talk <laughs> that's not intimacy that was just an escape from everything else which sometimes is good too but intimacy is costly it takes your time it takes your energy uh, for me it's about shutting off the sports because I love football, basketball, hockey, soccer, um, bowling, and even if there's nothing else on darts. <laughs> but sometimes to develop a relationship where you get close to someone, it's shutting all that off. We live, our society is really, is actually quite anti-intimacy. Because there's so much going on in our lives that we want to get home and binge. For me, it would be on TV. Other people, they get so wrapped up in whatever they're doing, 
throughout, they find it in some sort of substance. They binge. Some of it is, of us, it's a TV show. Some of it's, it's sports. Some of it's video games, whatever. But we, we get so busy, so chaotic, that by the end of the day, five, six o'clock, we're just shutting down because we just have to shut down. And there's no engagement in our relationship with God, with our spouse, with our children. We're watching two children this week, and uh, it's a countdown to seven o'clock. <laughs> 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 we're not used we raised several kids um and so we're we're fine with that but we're not at that space anymore in time in our lives and so it's like oh diapers and milk bottles and bath time and plates oh it's like <laughs> i want my book and i want to get intimate with the lord and and so it's like but that's so many of us in our lives. It's a countdown to 5 o'clock shutdown time or for students in school, you know, 2.53 or when that bell rings. Our lives are a countdown till we can shut down. And then what, what misses is intimacy. Here's just some of the words that are synonyms closeness for for intimacy is a closeness what we want to do is shut things down shut the brain off so that we're not engaged in anything togetherness society is about going home putting on netflix and just isolation attachment friendliness or friendship affection But everything fights against it. So how, how do we do it? How do we get it's I'll write some read some. God often asks us to do something that is inconvenient. Something that just odd. Oh, I don't know how many of you sometimes not all the time, but sometimes Tuesday night is the hardest day of the week. <laughs> But one of your most important days of the week, between men's Bible study, ladies' Bible study, life groups. Because with intimacy and closeness, there's an exchange of strength. I'm getting ahead of myself, but sometimes that inconvenience of getting ready, having dinner, I find sometimes, sometimes not all the time, sometimes it's like, oh, there's a hockey game on or, or something, you know, something that's there that's going to, you know. But then I get, I get to life group, and wow, what an amazing evening. And I enjoy myself, and I enjoy the company, and all of a sudden it's 9 o'clock, and I'm getting kicked out <laughs> because I talk so much, and then Pastor David puts specific rules about leaving the host home and an appropriate hour. So I'm getting kicked out. But what happens is you actually experience the friendship 
and the attachment and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells with us and hour and a half or two hours it goes and the 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 life that is exchanged whether it's men's Bible study I, for me I don't know what the ladies Bible study is like um, it's fabulous good but sometimes you you God just asks us to do things that are incon sorry God asks us to do things that are inconvenient why because intimacy takes time relationship takes energy Hebrew says God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Getting up early is inconvenient. The practice of a secret place with the Lord is sometimes inconvenient. Sometimes that bed is so soft and nice and it's dark even now. I mean, in the summertime, it's different where at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, it's light outside and, and it just encourages you to get up. But now you get up, you wake up at 6 o'clock and it's dark and it's cold. And the Holy Spirit say, hey, go out into the living room and open that Bible. In an hour, okay, Lord. And then an hour later, the kids are up, the coffee's on, my spouse, my wife is up. And sometimes we just, we just distract each other. So, you know, when you wake up and the Holy Spirit says, hey, come on, come on, come on, I want to show you something. Follow him, follow. <laughs> Intimacy will get you through difficult experiences. Intimacy allows God's strength to flow into you and through you. Why was David so unique in the Bible? He had an intimacy with God. Uh, it was like, well, how, do you, how do you know he spent so much time worshiping and praising? You know, in the mountains with the sheep. You know, that's just kind of a, a legend or a myth. The first time David was called, the first time his name appeared in the Bible, Samuel comes and anoints him. They had to call him in from the sheep. A few verses later, Saul is having some major difficulty and depression going on. And you know what David, they, they called David, and what was his reputation? It was, it was one that would, could bring him peace. We, we know a psalmster, 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 psalmist, thank you, a psalmist. Who can bring the presence of the Lord? That's how we know that he developed intimacy. Because the second time he's mentioned, he's coming in to serve King Saul, to worship in Saul's presence, to bring the presence of the Lord, to bring peace to Saul's troubled mind. Where did, where did that intimacy come from? His time out in the field, worshiping, and praising, practicing, practicing the presence It's amazing how you, you just see different quotes. This was just a, a random news story. I don't even know who the person is that said this, so I can't attribute the quote. But you know what? It was a celebrity couple that were breaking up. And this is what the man said. 
this is what the guy said, and I forget his name, and I don't, I've never ever watched the show. I don't even know who the person is. I don't recognize their picture, but it says, I think a lot of frustration has to do with us not spending the time together anymore. Along with that comes the lack of communication. <laughs> just, just some random quote, but... Yeah. Intimacy builds something. Closeness builds something. And so that's a little bit of a description of intimacy. You know, it's God's desire. I love the song we sang this morning, Heaven Meets Earth. Heaven Meets Earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says the earth was without form and it was void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Think about that. Maybe think about some area of your life might look like that. And the Spirit of the Lord brooded over the face of the deep. Throughout the Old Testament, you, uh, I mean, I've, I've preached on it. Jacob's ladder, heaven meeting earth. It was a prophetic dream. It, was, it showed God's desire. God's passion for heaven to meet earth. Isaiah, the first verse of one of his chapters. Oh, God, that you would rend. Hebrew word for rip, rip open. Not, you know, a nice exacto knife, a nice cut. No, no, it was rip open. We see Isaiah, God, rip open the heavens and come down. A prophetic call, a prophetic dream, an amazing picture of creation where God came. Think about the Garden of Eden. Actually, I, was, I read it this morning. Just some amazing, just... You know, when God, well, when Pastor David gives you a certain subject, and then you read, a, when, you, when you read, you read some scripture verses, and just the wording of it, Genesis chapter 3. Verse 8. I don't know, Cor, if you got that in there. Just, you know, God would come. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. You know, you were created for God's pleasure. Right. Revelations 4.11 says, you were created. The, 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 it's a Greek word, but it, it means for his delight. For his interaction. God loves to interact with you and me. That's what we were created for. And they heard the voice, Adam and Eve. This is the verse after they succumbed to the temptation of the tree. They heard the voice, the, the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. Intimacy. But look what sin did. Adam and his wife 
hid themselves. Sometimes words just pop out. We get, we hear the five o'clock sound and we just go hide. <laughs> Seven o'clock bedtime. It's time just to isolate. The, the enemy of intimacy is hiding. The enemy of intimacy is fear. L listen to what it says. And the Lord said unto Adam and Eve, verse 9, where are you? And Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. The enemy of intimacy, fear, guilt, That's why I think glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill. Why? Because there was a birth of intimacy, the birth of the Savior, the birth of reconciliation, the birth of redemption, peace to cover the fear, goodwill to take care of the guilt. Just amazing. And throughout the Old Testament, we see, we see the, the uh, intentional um, initiation. That's the word I was looking for. God initiating intimacy. Heaven meeting earth at creation. God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. God coming in a dream to Jacob and opening up heaven. God coming to Isaiah, and Isaiah just so overwhelmed. God, rip, up the rip open the heavens and come down. And then the birth of our Savior. The birth of our Savior. When Jesus, the, many believe the inauguration of his ministry was baptism. What, what happened at, when he was baptized? The heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came dwell, dwelt on him. Mm. Intimacy. And it said the Holy Spirit stayed. It remained. And God opened the heaven. And Jesus walked with, in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And then when Jesus was crucified, he said, it is finished. What happened? The earth shook. The veil was ripped in two. The heavens were opened. The heavens were opened. Why? Because God desires intimacy. He wants to be close to you. Wants to be close to you. Wants to be close to you. One of the probably disappointing As I was reading it, what God must have felt like in Exodus 20, he just brought the children of Israel out. And he had told, he had told Moses, bring the people out and go to Pharaoh. And let, let the people go so that they can worship me. Be intimate. Get close to me. 
get to know me. And, and God brings them out, miracle after miracle. He brings them out. And then he tells Moses, okay, get the people ready in chapter 19. Get them ready to meet me. <laughs> and, and God said, now, when they come to my mountain, you got to set up boundaries. Found in Exodus 19. Set up boundaries because if they come too close, the fire and the light, they'll die. But bring them to the mountain and I will speak to them. So Moses gets them ready. I mean, they have to cleanse themselves and uh, go through a process. Listen to Exodus 20. Maybe you can throw it up there. Exodus 20. We're going to do 18, 19, 20, 21. But listen to the wording because, again, I was, I was, as I was thinking about this message, and I, I didn't remember all the, the wording, but I had remembered this story, and it's just amazing. People are getting ready to meet God. And when the people saw the thunder, this is verse 18, Exodus when, now all the people witnessed the thunderings and the lightning flashes, the sound of the trump. I don't know where the trumpet came because, that, I mean, that must have been the angels blowing on the trumpets. And the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar. Wow. Next verse. Now let's say. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us. Wow. God's moment. He birthed a nation. I mean, there was Mary, the Immaculate Conception, but then there was Abraham and Sarah. Too old, dead, and God birthed Isaac, the father of Jacob, the father of the 12 sons that became the... God birthed them. God rescued them and took them out of captivity. And now, the great celebration. He had birthed the Constitution. He had brought his people out to their, their property. They were making their way. Now he, I want to meet them. And people say, Moses, no. You talk to God. Then you come talk to us and tell us what he said. <laughs> God's moment for intimacy. And throughout Scripture, we see God initiating and coming and wooing he came unto his own, John chapter 1, and his own received him not. Wow. The word becoming flesh, dwelling among us. Intimacy. In the last book of the Bible, Revelations, what does it say? Behold, I stand at the Stand at the door and knock. And if anybody will open, 
will sup with them. I'll, I'll eat with them. I'll get close to them. I'll relate to them. That's God's desire. God's desire. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Intimacy. God's passion and desire is to be intimate with us, to relate with us. And even throughout the Bible, it just comes to us wave after wave. Come and relate with me. I want to know you. I want you to know me. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. There's a connection that God wants to have with each one of us. And out of that intimacy, out of that intimacy, out of that intimacy, there's an exchange of life. An exchange of life that will happen. I've come that you will have life. And that you'll have life abundant. God wants you to have an abundant life. Purposeful life. He's got a, a hope. He has a future. He has a plan. And Jeremiah is calling out to the people saying, God has a, an amazing plan and a purpose for your life. Come, get to know him. Get to know your plan. Get to know your purpose. Because he's got life for you. As many as believed, to them gave he the power to become the son of God, to experience the life of blessing, a life of abundance, comes through our connection with him. Intimacy. Through intimacy, God reveals secrets. If you don't, if you got run into, can you imagine running up to somebody and the first time you ever meet them, you just share your whole life and all the secrets and problems and weaknesses with them. Then the next day you find it all out on Facebook and realize, okay, this was a person I shouldn't be sharing secrets with. But through intimacy is the revealing of secrets. And there are secrets that the Lord has for you that he wants to reveal to you and share with you. Amen. Intimacy gives you confidence. I'm wearing what I'm wearing today because my wife said it looked good. And, and because she said I look good, it gave me confidence to wear it. Because I might not wear it normally. I might just wear my a regular shirt untucked with the buttons. See, I like my buttons really high. My wife says, no, 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 don't do that. So because we're close and I know she wants what's best for me and she wants me to look good. If she says I look good, then I go out in confidence. And intimacy brings confidence. In, in Timothy, Paul says to him, he says, I know who I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. There was a confidence built into Paul because there's an intimacy with God. And because of that intimacy, he had confidence. Confidence to go out 
into persecution. He says, I know chains are waiting for me, but God called me. Shipwrecks, beatings, prison. I know whom I believed. I'm persuaded that he is able. There's a confidence that when you get, I mean, some of the things I might say, I know Pastor Nelson, some of the things that he says when we're out ministering, he would never say them if he didn't know God that well. If, if he didn't know God and he had this thing, I think, I think I should say such and such. Uh, if he didn't know God so well, he wouldn't be saying those things or else he'd be really embarrassed. I've been there. But guess what? Because of the confidence that he has that, that says, okay, that urging I sense inside is God. And I'm confident that if I say it, something's going to happen. And so he opens his mouth and he says it and the person breaks down and just says, how did you know that? <laughs> That's because God reveals secrets. And because Pastor Nelson is confident in his relationship. And that's what intimacy will do for you. Will give you a confidence to step out in faith against all odds, against seemingly untenable circumstances and situations. The, the intimacy that you have with your Father, Heavenly Father, will give you the confidence to step out. God sets up, I was talking to Brad this morning, God just sets up divine appointments for him. And because he's developing his relationship with God, there's a confidence that says, yeah, this is what a God set up. Instead of a random, how do you do? But it's a God set up. Why? Why do we know that? Because there's a confidence that comes with intimacy. Through intimacy, you become stronger. It says, God, it's amazing. The only thing that God didn't like about his, his creation was that man was alone. It's the only thing. Everything else, this is good. This is very good. This is amazing. Oh, it's not good that man should be alone. I think it's Ecclesiastes says two are better than one. Why? Because one can lift the other. One can encourage the other. One can give strength to the other. Hold them up. Support them. That's intimacy. Intimacy gives strength. Builds strength. And it's been God's passion and desire since the beginning of time for heaven to meet earth so that we would have an intimate relationship with him and thereby receive strength, be encouraged, have confidence. Someone that he can reveal his mysteries and his secrets to. Why? To help unlock the hearts of other people so that they can have an intimate relationship with God. Fulfilling their purpose. Fulfilling their destiny. And when all hope seemed lost. And for 400 years of silence. 
Jesus Christ was born. <laughs> and Ephesians 2, 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near have been brought close, have been reconciled, have been redeemed, and now have a connection with heaven. God's desire for years, thousands of years, a connection from heaven to earth in Jesus Christ was birthed that connection, that intimacy, that relationship. And because of that, the opportunity to fulfill our destiny. And in the coming weeks, we're going to hear about the friendship that God offers us. The redemption that God offers us. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. God, once again, once again, knocking on our door and says, I want to be intimate with you. I want to be close. I want to relate with you. I love my creation. I want to delight and have pleasure in you. And that's God's call again. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Let me in. Let me in. I got, I got things to show you. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Nor has it even entered into your thoughts, your heart. What God has in store and what he has prepared for you. But the Spirit reveals them to us through our intimacy with Him, through our relationship with Him, through our communing with Him. He reveals to us everything that He has in store for your life. Amen? Amen. How many of you want to be closer to the Lord? You might say, I'm close. How many want to be closer to the Lord? And He says, yes. Yes, I'm here. I want to be closer to you as well. Why don't we all stand and just let's just open our hearts. Heaven meets earth. What an amazing. Oh, what an amazing, amazing opportunity. Heaven meeting earth. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your passion for us. The passion that you have for us. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your passion for us that, that caused you to pay the ultimate price of laying down your life. Oh, Jesus, that you would, you would come and you would dwell among your creation. Oh, the passion that you had for us. That caused you to look out over Jerusalem and say, Oh, how often would I have gathered you? As a hen would gather his chicks, but you would not. Oh, and the frustration, Jesus, when you would talk to the, the Pharisees and you'd say, Oh, yes, you draw nigh with your lips, but your heart is far from me. This morning, Lord, we want to get close to you. We want to be close with you. You are the glory and the lifter of our heads. In challenging times, you strengthen us. In, in overcoming times, we get to share with you. 
and rejoice with you and be thankful for it to you. Whether it's good or bad, you're there. Because you want to strengthen us. You want to encourage us. You want to build us. You want to reveal secrets to us. Things that we could never even imagine. You want to drop it into our hearts and just cause our hearts to explode in us. Oh, what a good, good father you are. What an amazing Savior, oh Jesus. Oh, and Holy Spirit, the Comforter, our friend and our guide. Oh, thank you, oh God. Oh, help us. Help us to do what may seem inconvenient. Help us to push things aside, to spend time with you, to learn of you, to commune with you, to hear from you, and build a relationship that will take us through whatever this life will throw at us, but that we can walk through it with a confidence and an assurance that you've got our back and that you're in front of us leading us, that you're singing over us and you're right there by our side, never leaving us and never forsaking us. That is the relationship, Lord, that we want with you. That is the relationship we want with you, Lord. Oh, this morning, Lord, just birth it into our hearts. A greater desire. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, birth that in me. A, gra a, a greater desire for you. Just say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to worship you more. I want to sing louder. I want to spend more time with you. Just open your heart and say, Lord, I'm opening it. I've heard you knocking, and this morning I'm opening the door. This morning, come. Come in and dine with me. Sup with me. Oh, teach me. Teach me this morning. Lord, this morning we open our hearts. We open that door that you're knocking on. We open it. And say, Lord, come in. I want to know you more. I want you to increase, me to decrease. I want to know more of you. I want to encounter you more. I want to see your hand, hear your voice more and more throughout my day. More, Lord, more, more of you. More of you more of you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Oh, wake up early. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and learn and learn from God. Amen.